You're listening to the Phillies Nation podcast with Ty Daubert and Johnny Heller on philliesnation.com. What's going on, everybody? You're listening to another episode of the Phillies Nation podcast. I'm your host, Johnny Heller. Um, We're coming at you with a special mailbag episode, so we asked for questions on Twitter and Facebook, and we we picked out a bunch that we're going to answer on today's episode. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ty Daubert. Ty, what's going on? Not much. I'm enjoying some postseason baseball. The Phillies are obviously not playing in said postseason, but it's always the best time of the year. Always the, the best baseball to watch, I think. I have missed my beloved wild card game, but we're, we're making do with the baseball that's on TV. Yeah, it's been it's been a uh, a pretty interesting postseason for sure. It, it does look like um, <clears throat> we're headed toward a, towards a Rays Braves World Series, which um, pretty interesting. Um, obviously, just another NL East team going to the World Series would it's a bad look for the Phillies. I mean, not a bad look for the Phillies, but just another year where they don't make it and the arrival does. But um, and I mean, you know, before we dive in, well. Do you think the Dodgers are ever going to win the World Series? I don't. I don't know. They every year it looks like they probably should, and they just they can't do it. I don't. I don't know what the deal is. You know, Kershaw's been pretty good for the most part this postseason, uh, other than that one game against the Padres. Uh, it was still a good start overall, but he gave up some some homers a little bit later. But I don't know. I don't know. You can't blame him. It's just they might be cursed. They might be cursed. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. It's like in an alternate timeline, it's like they're, they've won like four titles in the last 10 years. Like they've been that good. They've been good they, enough to do that. They had probably the best uh, complete roster last year. And then they added arguably the best player yeah, in the sport. They've probably had a top three roster in baseball each of the last five seasons at least. And, you know, even going back further. So, yeah, it's it's one of those crazy things. Um, but I guess that's also just how it goes sometimes. Sometimes, I guess, a little of bad luck plays into it and a little bit of, uh, you know, they just don't have the clutch gene. But um, so, Maybe they just don't want it enough. Yeah, true. Exactly. <clears throat> so um, starting with our, our first mailback bad question this is something we got from a a bunch of people both on facebook and twitter um and and it's what happens with with real muto and gregorius um this offseason so i think we should start by talking about the qualifying offer uh it's set at 18.9 million dollars this season it's the the average of what the top 125 contracts in baseball something like that um so i think it's a no-brainer that they extend it to real muto um Gregorius, I'm not sure. I think he would take it, maybe. Um, yeah, I've I've been saying that for a while. I think I got some pushback from you and some other people, but I just don't see a world where Didi Gregorius is getting anywhere close to 19 million dollars uh, from any other team. So if he were offered that, I think there's a chance he might take it and then hope he can get like a two, three year deal next year somewhere and hope that uh, the money is it evens out or even makes a little bit more just from it, it'd be like front loading a contract basically, but right. nobody would front load a deal that much for him uh, yeah. anywhere else. 
Yeah. I mean, I, again, I, I said this before, it's, it, the biggest uh, argument against that is that there's a, like a huge free agent class in 2021 of, of five of the best shortstops in the league. So um, he risks, you know, maybe he wouldn't get paid as much that offseason as he does if he, as he would if he looked for a three-year deal this offseason. So um, I'm not sure. I don't, I don't think they extend it though um, to both of those guys, just based on how John Middleton has spoken about not wanting to spend a bunch of money. Uh, I think that based on you know, the space before the luxury tax they do have this year, I don't think they'd want to pay Gregorius 19 million. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, so I, I think it's a lock that real Muto would get it. He's going to turn that down. He's going to get more than $19 million a year, whether that's in Philadelphia or somewhere else. Uh, he would get, if he were to sign just a one-year deal, like the qualifying offer is, I'm sure that he would get maybe 30 million, but he, it looks like he's going to go after a, a long-term deal and he'll definitely get 20 million plus a year. Like you said, Gregorius, it's a different story. Um, I, I just don't think with all the Phillies holes, they're going to want, and, and if they are set on not going over the luxury tax, they're going to need as much, as much space under the, the, under the tax as possible. And just the risk of signing him to a $19 million deal. I think they just wouldn't want to do that. So I, I yeah, think they so, probably opt to, to not extend that to him. Yeah. So, so moving on from, from just the qualifying offer, do you think there is any, any shot that both of these guys are in a Phillies uniform next year? I think there's a small chance, but I'm leaning toward one or the other at this point. What about you? Yeah, I agree. Um, there are a lot of holes to fill elsewhere, uh, specifically in the bullpen. They have to fill out the rotation. So I just, I, I don't, I don't think they they get it done with both of those guys. Um, it does feel like with Real Muto, uh, just the way things are trending, it, it feels like he goes elsewhere. Obviously, who knows? Um, you know, you can't only base so much off what Middleton said. You know, maybe he's he's just setting up for. Um, you know, to, so he can be the guy who negotiates the contract and, and get it done, but. Um, Could just be a hedge. Just right. Case. Exactly. Just in um, case real Mito wouldn't resign or whatever. But I agree. It's, it's there. I don't think they get it, get it done with both of those guys. Um, and, and then just one last thing before we move on to our next question. What, what do you think that their contracts look like this off season? If they don't, if they both don't uh, accept or receive the qualifying offer. Um, if they don't, I think Didi could go for something around three-ish years, maybe 15 or so million a year, something like that. Yeah, I agree. Maybe, maybe around what McCutcheon got from the Phillies mm-hmm. uh, a couple years ago. And for real Muto, that one's really tough. I, I mean, reports have been out. Todd Zalecki reported that he could be eyeing something like 200 million. I doubt that. No catcher has ever gotten even re- – relatively close to that uh, the top contract was Joe Mowers at 8184 or 7184 yeah be one of those uh yeah. 184 is the the sticker price that's the biggest one um so i doubt i doubt that real muto uh touches 200 million but i think he gets probably 
190. Uh, I I just I don't I don't know if the Phillies will will go that many years at that price. I think some team will, but it's tough to really tell. Also, who knows? Because a lot of teams are, you know, we're seeing it around baseball teams saying, oh, we lost so much money not having fans this year. Maybe maybe it's going to be like um, a couple off, season, off seasons ago where we really saw players waiting around to sign because the offers just weren't there. And in the end, at least with Machado and Harper, the offers were there. But maybe they just never come for uh, some of these free agents this offseason because there are some some good players this offseason, but with skill and age uh, both taken into account, there is no Harper and Machado. So maybe the offers just don't come. Yeah, I, I disagree. Um, like, I agree in the sense that the, that'll happen to some guys. I don't think that happens to Real Muto. I think, um, I mean, he's the top free agent available. He's going to get paid. Uh, I think a lot of, a lot of teams are going to be going after him. I agree. It's going to be north of $175 million. Um, so moving on to our next, our next question. Um, this is from Andrew on Facebook. Uh, when are we going to say enough is enough with guys like Velasquez, Kingery, Quinn, et cetera? They rarely make plays to help the team, so why not just give them give some new prospects a shot? Um, so let's start by just talking about those players. Um, you just wrote an article about Velasquez. Um, you know, he's about you know he's probably going to get or his if you tender him a contract in in arbitration, it'd be around four or five million dollars. Is that worth it for um, a pitcher of of you know what Velasquez has done for them the past what four? seasons five seasons um so um you know i think that a lot of phillies fans are frustrated with velasquez but you pointed out in the article that um you know number five starters throughout the league aren't that good generally and he has you know he's done a serviceable job both in that role and he can be a long man so um you know speak a little bit to what you think they should do with him moving forward and and what he looks yeah so kind of echoing, I guess, what I, what I wrote for Phillies Nation. Uh, you know, this question says they, a lot of fans are fed up with players like Velasquez. Why not give the prospects a, a chance? And prospects that are capable of doing what Vince Velasquez does, although it is frustrating, they don't exactly grow on trees. Then the Phillies just traded uh, one of the guys that would be able to do a similar or maybe better job in Connor Seabold, there's definitely questions about his ceiling, but the Phillies just don't have a ton of, a ton of pitchers in the upper minor leagues that are exactly ready to go out there and make major league starts. I mean, David Hale was making, he was making huge starts uh, near the end of the season for the Phillies as they were looking to make the playoffs. They needed one extra win to make the playoffs and they had David Hale a reliever that they got midseason making big starts at the end of the year like that and you know obviously with all the double headers and all it was a weird year but it, it's they had Medina go and he had a, a decent first start a little bit short but was it any different than what Velasquez usually provides and you know you, you know what you're going to get from Velasquez and until there are a ton of pitchers ready to go at AAA that can all go up there and pitch spot starts for the Phillies and serve as 
starting pitching depth that they might need somebody like Vince Velasquez. And that kind of the same idea goes for some of the other players mentioned that the Phillies don't exactly have the prospects in the upper minors to go out and, and plug those spots if you were to get rid of those players. And, you know, there are there are prospects in the system that I like and I think we'll eventually get there. But right now, um, there's not a ton of major league ready guys or at least ones with high enough upside that will definitely be better than players like Velasquez or Quinn or whoever. Yeah, um, I agree. And, and uh, just to touch on Kingery, cause he was also mentioned, um, you know, I think they, they gave him that six year contract before he played a game. And I think um, that they're, they're not going to give up on him this early, especially he did show his, his second season. He showed uh, flashes and, and, you know, this year he was coming off of dealing with COVID. Um, so I don't think we've seen near the end of, of Scott Kingery. They're going to keep giving him chances. Um, and who, who knows as far as Quinn, um, you know, you have Hazley, Mickey Moniak started to play a little bit this year. Who knows what the plan is for him, but, Pretty much, uh, I agree, Ty, with what you said in that um, the, the the minor league depth doesn't really allow them to just uh, get rid of these players. Um, so moving on to our next question uh, from Brad on Facebook. With the payroll being so high, are there any good buy low free agents with potential to bounce back like DD and who the Phillies should take a long look at? Um, so... I'll start with my potential bounce back candidate, or, or at least, you know, a, a guy who's going to look for a, a short-term deal to prove it like a one-year prove it deal. Yeah. Um, well, that, that was kind of the right. criteria we went yeah. for somebody who could take a one-year deal and then look for a longer one. Like it appears DD is going to do this off season. Um, so I'm going with Yasiel Puig. Um, Puig, obviously people know he came up with the Dodgers, you know, was awesome his rookie year and then struggled a little bit. Um, he was, he was really good in 2019 with the Reds and Indians. Um, and then he was going, he was set to, he was a free agent this year and then was set to sign with the Braves and then, um, got COVID-19 and, um, didn't play it all the season. So I think he's a guy who's going to look for a one-year deal. The Phillies will probably need a left fielder, um, or, you know, someone who can play left and DH because, you know, Andrew McCutcheon didn't play great in the field this year. So I think Puig uh, makes sense for them. And, and it could be just a one-year prove-a-deal like uh, Gregorius was this season. Yeah, I, I'm i going to go with Jock Peterson as somebody. He, he struggled this year for the Dodgers. But he throughout his career, he's hit righties really well. And I, I think he could be somebody that will maybe – he could take kind of like the – an expanded Jay Bruce type of role where he can DH, he can play left. Uh, if Hoskins isn't ready to, to field right away, either coming off his injury, he could play some first base too for the Phillies. And, um, you know, he struggled. There was, he was almost traded to the angels, I think. So a lot of weirdness going on uh, with him this year. So I think he could try to bounce back, rebuild his value. And then, uh, take another shot at free agency next year when maybe there are fans in the stands next year and teams might be a little more willing to spend in the off season. 
Yeah, and, and I do think in general we're probably going to see more guys than usual take one-year deals because um, teams won't be willing to spend as much. So um, that's uh, definitely something to keep an eye on, and those are just uh, a couple guys um, that we think could be options for the Phillies if they're looking for, for someone to take a, a one-year prove-it deal. Um, going to our next question from Zach on Twitter, um, in lieu of signing JT Romuto, what other options do the Phillies have at catcher besides Andrew Knapp and Rafael Marchand? Um, so I think we should preface this by talking about Knapp and Marshawn a little bit. Uh, Andrew Knapp has been the, been with the team since 2017 and, um, had his best, by far the best year of his career this season. Um, just, I mean, he just played really well. was, he's improved defensively every season and he was, um, just hitting, hitting the ball really, really well this year. Um, so it was due to like luck on, on balls in play, but. Um, even then, he wasn't striking out as much, um, getting walks, uh, and, and and really did help the team, especially when Real Muta went down for a little bit. And then Marshawn is 21 years old, uh, had never played above high A before the season came up. Um, and, and I'm sure everyone remembers he hit that game-tying three-run home run against the Blue Jays. That was his first career home run. But in general, uh, a guy who's definitely defensively ready on a major league level, the bat might take a little while, but um, I would say he's probably a capable backup at this point. So, so beyond that tie, is there anyone else in house that you think could, could make an impact on the team in the short term? Not right now. Um, Logan Ohapi is a prospect that they have, but he's younger, uh, not quite as ready as Marshawn. I, I think he could be a good catcher. Uh, and he, he played well at the, uh, at the alternate site this year. Um, but I really don't think there's anyone ready right now internally. So I think if real middle walks, they're going to have to look to some free agents or look to get creative in a trade to do something to, to get another catching option in here to probably put either play every day or platoon with, with nap. Yeah. Um, so looking at our, our free agents that are, are available this season, um, I would say the, the top two outside of Real Muto, top three maybe I'll go, is uh, James McCann of the White Sox, um, Kurt Suzuki of the – he was on the Nationals, and then um, uh, Mike Zunino of, of the Tampa Bay Rays. So those are three guys who – I mean, they're all veterans who – I know McCann hit this year really well, but usually hasn't hit that well. Um, I think Zunino is probably the best defensively of the three. Um, Suzuki, uh, watching the Phillies against him this season, they would always run on him because he it was very unsuccessful in throwing unsuccessful in throwing attempted base dealers out. But I think you know if you sign any of these three guys, it's you're looking at a platoon with Andrew Knapp. Um, I don't think that there's a guy out there that they can um, sign to play nearly as much as Real Muto did. Um, I mean, do you have any of those three guys stick out to you or, or anything? I think McCann, uh, what he brings is probably the most likely option, I would say. Uh, I, I mean, Zunino could, Zunino could be too, but Suzuki's definitely more of a platoon guy. He uh, hasn't really played every day in, in a while. He's uh, platooned with, uh, with, can't think of his name, but he platooned in Washington uh, with with Gomes, and yeah. 
So I, I think he'd be a little less likely because you'd want somebody that can play a little bit more than Nap, ideally, I would, I would think. So maybe McCann or Zanino, uh, I, I would say McCann's a little more likely. But other than those guys, I think a trade would suit the team a little bit more. Do you have any trade I candidates do. in mind? I do. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. So <laughs> assuming that the Yankees are either going to upgrade at catcher or they just might be done with Gary Sanchez in general, he didn't really hit this year. He didn't catch well last year. But overall, for the most part, he's been kind of underrated defensively other than last year. And for the most part, he's hit at the major league level really well. And he, I, I think he'd be a really good option for the Phillies uh, as somebody they could buy low on and potentially, uh, you know, be a, a power bat at the catcher position if they're looking for that kind of option. Yeah, I mean, pretty much if you move on from Real Muto on, into any of the uh, free agent guys available, you're, it's a huge drop off. Um, especially at the plate and even behind the plate. I mean, he was a top defensive catcher and a top offensive catcher, and that's rare. And uh, if the Phillies don't resign him, um, you know, they're, they're going to feel that because it's, it's going to impact the team negatively, um, no matter really what they do. Um, so on to our next question. This is from Dennis on Twitter. Should Phillies fans be excited and expect an unbelievable offseason? So, um, I'm going to come out at this bluntly and say no. Uh, based on what John Middleton said at his presser, pretty much um, along the lines of with the uncertainty of if there will be fans in the stands uh, next season and all that. Um, not sure, you know, how much losses they'll, they'll take compared to what the team usually makes from, you know, stadium revenue and all that. Um, He's not, I think this was in response to a question about Real Muto specifically, but pretty much the answer he gave pointed to the idea that they wouldn't really spend um, much this offseason. And I don't, personally, I don't think that if they fail to re-sign Real Muto, I don't see them just going out and, and paying another big free agent. Um, I will make some little moves and try to bolster up the bullpen and and maybe sign a, a low-end starter. Um and yet, you know, maybe take one of those guys on a one-year prove-it deal, but I don't, I don't know if I see them making any huge splashes, especially since they really have done that the past three off-seasons. I think um, this might be the, the first off-season in a while that we don't see them do that. Yeah, owners league-wide are going to act like they can't afford to pay players. Um, it's not exactly much different than any other year, I would say, but this one... Uh, it's going to be amplified, I would think, because of no fans in the stands. And I, I don't think the Phillies are going to be much different than the other teams. Uh, I guess they could prove me wrong, but I would not expect them to, to go out and pay a ton of players. I mean, they've made splashes, like you said before, but they still have stayed under the luxury tax. So it's not like they're really spending like the, like the big teams uh yeah. that do spend are yeah the yankees were like 40 million over the luxury tax this year um uh follow-up to that is even if they let's say they went out there and they spent big they kept real muto they signed another big free agent um do you think one off season they could fix the problems that, that, that they've had these past couple seasons and like build a, a 
sure playoff roster? I do. I, I just don't think they're that far off. There are, are clearly a bunch of holes, um, but I think you can plug them as much as you can in one off season if you're willing to spend the money and assuming they can stay healthy and they don't have any massive disappointments. I, I think that they could turn this into at least a, a playoff team. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, you look at the core of this Phillies team, um, Reese Hoskins and Bryce Harper and Aaron Ola and Zach Wheeler. Um, you know, that's right there. That's something to build around. And, and like you said, they have holes, but you could, you know, there's nothing stopping any team from spending enough to, to plug those holes. You know, you sign a few relievers, you bring back Gregorius and Real Muto, you sign someone to play center field. Um, really, I mean, the only difference between the Phillies, like the only thing keeping the Phillies from not making the playoffs this season was um, a, a solid bullpen, like a league average bullpen probably wins them 35 games. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. They're not that far off. It's just a matter of, of doing what it takes to, to, you know, run it back, um, at, you know, with, with the guys they had and, and adding to that. And, you know, it's not clear whether they'll do that. Um, on to our next question. This is from Nick on Twitter. Um, what are the chances that the Phillies go after Trevor Bauer? Um, so I think it was John Heyman has said, he said a couple times that, um, you know, he's heard that the Phillies might not try to re-sign Real Muto and will instead pursue Bauer. I don't know how realistic that is. I know um, in the past, Trevor Bauer has said that he will only uh, pursue one-year deals. And so, you know, a one-year deal for any player is going to cost a lot more um, than like the annual value of like a four or five-year deal. So I think like Bauer might be looking at, you might be looking at like high 20s, like $28 million for a one-year deal, maybe even more. Um, so, you know, he, he might win the Cy Young this, this season, um, but I don't, I don't know if I would expect the Phillies to be in on him. Yeah, they should stay away. And I think they will. Uh, whether that's for the same reasons that I would stay away. Uh, I don't know if they'll be the same. They might just not want to pay a player that much. Um, but I think the, so I don't think they'll be in on Bauer. I think you agree, but um, I think the bigger question that comes from this uh, is will they be in on any bigger name starting pitcher? And my guess would be no at this point. Although they do. Yeah. Jake Arrieta is going to be a free agent. So like they're going to have to add somebody. They, they definitely have a hole to fill. Um, and I think like, you know, moving forward, they, they want the, they think they have the top four of the rotation set, right. With Wheeler, Nola, Eflin and Howard, but even Howard, he's going to still be on an innings limit next season. Um, so really they need to figure out, do they have that fourth spot figured out? Like if they keep Velasquez, I think they'll, they'll be pretty confident in being able to maneuver their way with that. They also have Medina waiting. Um, but I think I agree. They signed, they, they, they should sign somebody. Um, I, I agree that it'll be, you know, a mid tier free agent. Maybe they, they take a, a flyer on like Mike Miner, who, you know, is, is only, a season, over a season and removed from a, a really, really, really good year. I, I think there was some. Year. I think there were some rumors that they were interested in him last deadline too. So yeah, it could be a potential fit. Yeah. So you know, as far as the other other top guys go, 
Um, you're looking at Marcus Stroman, um, Masahiro Tanaka, um, to a lesser Paxton, extent. Right? Yeah, Paxton. And then you have like Jake Odorizzi, Jose Quintana. So some lower, but... Jake Arrieta, former Cy Young. Winner. Jake Arrieta, former, yeah. Um, that, that is one thing to keep an eye on. Former Cy Young Award winner Jake Arrieta will be a free agent this year. Um, uh, will the Phillies pull out the big bucks to sign him? That is unclear, but... Um, they have before, those press. They, they have, the Phillies have have done what it takes to, to pull a, a former Cy Young Award winner off free agency before. So something to keep an eye on for sure. Uh, moving on to our next question, which comes from uh, an account on Twitter. If the NL went to permanent designated hitter, who should be the designated hitter? Uh, they list Boehm, Hoskins, or Bruce, or would they want to bring in a power hitter who can't field anymore? Um, so I guess let's start. Do you do you, like when will we know? If, if who I don't know I maybe <laughs> shortly they'll have to know before free agency I would assume but they also didn't know the playoff structure until until like the day of the season <laughs> until until the first game of the season started so yeah. I don't know I I think it's safe to say that the DH will stay um, but I think they'll probably opt for something like we kind of touched on earlier let McCutcheon get a lot of DH. Uh, spot uh starts let hoskins get some early coming off injury and maybe bring in somebody that's kind of like a an expanded jay bruce that can uh that can play a mixture of left first and dh and uh, once hoskins gets healthy maybe bone gets some some looks there too i think that's probably the best bet i don't i don't think bringing somebody in like your guy nelson cruz is really in the in the cards here yeah, I agree. I think there's they have too many guys who can't really play defense right now to go sign a DH, especially with McCutcheon. Unless, you know, who knows what another offseason will do for McCutcheon. Maybe he gets a little of that speed back and, and comes back able to field. Um, but, you know, because then they they might still just want to stick with Bohm at third for the time being. Um, and Hoskins, who knows, he might be able to play first. Pretty early in the season, but I think uh, I think if they sign someone, they're going to sign a guy who can play left field and DH. So maybe not a guy who's you know a great left fielder, but a guy who can do it if he needs to, and then you know we'll we'll bring some power. Uh, who that might be, you know. Um, Bruce has been surprisingly good playing the field as a Philly. Yeah, I'll say that they might. Uh, he might. I, he, he might be a better fielder than hitter, and that's not even a knock on his power. Like <laughs> yeah, he's he was, just, he's kind of insanely good at yeah, playing he, the field. He was good. He was like the Phillies' best outfielder this year. I, I would be surprised if they bring him back. But there, I mean, there are a whole range of guys like Brad Miller. You could bring him in to do that. You know, you get pos- positional versatility, and he could DH, and um, he could play third for Bohm if he third, DHs. Exactly. He could move all over. He could play first base. Um, exactly. I, I did mention Jock. I think he'd be a good fit. Yeah. There, there's a bunch Jock of guys like that. Um, yeah. Uh, Joanna Cespedes probably can't field anymore, but you know, by low, by low. On you. Uh, people forget that I did uh, say that Joanna Cespedes would win the National League MVP award this season, but 
I was that a little, is, I was a little off true. there, but I still, I still believe that Giannis Espedes has there's there's a work left for him to be done. You'll always gonna, have that that opening day game, right? Yeah, he, he hits the dinger. Yeah, to go ahead. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, all right, so on to our final question. This is from uh, another Twitter account. Why is the miscarriage of justice? of Von Hayes not being on the Phillies Wall of Fame, not being addressed. So I want to preface this by saying that, um, you know, Von Hayes, I mean, not Von Hayes, sorry, the Phillies Wall of Fame, that's something we care deeply about, especially Ty. Ty will always, um, you know, come up with takes about players who should just be in the, the, the Wall of Fame. Yeah, I think I, I, I have a lot of opinions on the Phillies Wall of Fame and who should be on it. And who should not be on it, I guess. Yeah. So what, what do you think about Von Hayes? Von Hayes, he's like kind of up in the air for me. He was a good player. Not great. Had some really good years. Part of that, part of that 1983 team that went to the world series and lost. Um, I wouldn't mind him being on. I mean, he had a, what do you have? Like 20, 26 war as a Philly, something like that. Nine seasons. I think the real reason that he's not on is the Phillies have been made fun of a lot for trading five players for only Von Hayes. Um, Cause it just wasn't that great a trade. And I think that's probably what's keeping him off and being the, the butt of a lot of five for one jokes. If he got, if he got on the wall of fame, I'd be fine with it. Um, but if he's kept off, it's like, whatever he whatever, he's really, yeah. he's really a toss up. Yeah. And also point. it is different for, those of us who were not alive when he played, I would say. Yeah. Like, you know. <laughs> I have no, I have no strong Von Hayes opinions <laughs> considering I was like negative 17 when they traded for him. So, yeah. yeah. So do you have any like guys who you really think should be on the wall of fame and, and either are not yet, or like, even if they're not they're like, like mine is, is, and I think you agree with this, like Jonathan Papelbon, definitely will not be on the wall of fame. Like he won't, I know it's too early to know that for sure, but he won't, he's an all-time franchise leader in saves. He should be on the wall of fame. Yeah, I agree. I agree. He should be in. He's not, he's not going to, um, one that sticks out to me, one that I, I worry they won't put on, but I think they should put on is Jason worth. Uh, we talked about that a little bit before the pod, but I just thought of three really good ones that I think should all be on the wall of okay, fame. Okay, let's hear it. I think Chris Wheeler should be on <laughs> – he should be on the wall of fame. Okay. Sarge should definitely <laughs> be on the wall of fame. Yeah. And you like you ready for the last one? Yeah. Ruben Amaro Jr. should be in the wall of fame. <laughs> Listen, I agree. You know – He had a – like, you can say what you want. Like, obviously, he had his struggles as a general manager and – one could argue that his uh, front office's inability to develop any kind of uh, prospects is the reason that the Phillies are in such a dark place. But he had a big impact culturally on the Phillies organization, I would say. He was there as a player, his father and played. He was there as a bat boy. Like, a, that's, a, that's super cool. Like A bat boy, a player, and the GM he was the assistant GM when they won the world series I mean he's a he he is like a Phillies guy he's a Phillies 
Like he, he's a Philly through and through. I think he should be on the wall of fame. Yeah. Uh, it's the wall of fame. Like just put him on. He's famous. He's a famous Philly. One of the more notable Phillies figures of my lifetime. I think he should be on there. Yeah. You agree? Like Are you with me? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I, 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 I think I, I would get pushed back. I but. see your point. You definitely would get, get pushed back if you tweeted that out. Um, but yeah, I agree. Um, so that's actually our, our last question of the day. And that's going to do it for this episode of the Phillies Nation podcast. Thanks to everyone for listening. And we'll be back talking to you next week. You can listen to the Phillies Nation podcast with Ty Daubert and Johnny Heller every Wednesday on philliesnation.com and all streaming services.